Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. Getting caught up on vaccine mandates today, along with a couple other odds and ends, turned out a bit of a peculiar episode, really, but hey, it's what we got. Quick shout out to our tier three patrons, Shay Meehan and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. The war of the great mandates is reaching new heights. Following Biden's vaccine mandate for federal workers and companies over 100 employees, Texas and other Republican states have responded with their own mandates against mandates. I'm talking hot mandate on mandate action here. Gotta ban them all. Texas Governor Abbott issued an executive order in an attempt to counter Biden's executive order, stating that no one can be required to take the vaccine, leaving businesses and federal workers in the state stuck between a, well, I'd like to make a joke about a rock and a hard place here, but we got to keep it PC, or Apple, ironically, won't love me anymore. Basically, they're trapped between feuding parents. They have to disobey one or the other. Since federal law takes precedent, Abbott is left holding the short end of his stick on this one. Most companies are preparing for the federal mandate, which goes into effect November 8th for federal workers and sometime before the end of the year for large businesses. Some are vocally defying Abbott's play. Many had already enacted independent mandates of their own before Biden's announcement or are now doing so. Only about 52% of Texans are fully vaccinated and the state is still seeing an average of more than 7,000 new daily cases. Courts have consistently upheld vaccine mandates for many decades and the Constitution gives federal government authority over states, but with a supermajority of conservatives on the Supreme Court, you never know. Reportedly, Abbott's order followed criticism from a Republican rival to the throne for failing to be extreme enough against vaccine mandates, an example of the extremist primary effect that Yang and we talk about, as well as the polarizing effect of the duopoly. Many claim to argue the issue on grounds of health or freedom, but when you really examine the argument, it's clear that it's just a front for a manufactured culture war. Arguments that COVID is not a serious threat, or that vaccines are not effective, or that they are unsafe, are factually inaccurate. Arguments of personal freedom are logically inaccurate, as they ignore that all civilizations recognize anarchy produces freedom only for the powerful and the immoral. Protecting freedom means laws that prohibit actions which invade the freedoms of others, especially their health. The rational argument to be had is where to draw the line on actions that harm others. Previously, we only had a vaccine mandate for schools, hospitals, and the military. Now we're expanding it to a much broader population. But it's also happening in response to a pandemic. So to that point, there have been a lot of healthcare workers fired or quit over vaccine mandates already, which is concerning considering the limiting factor on hospital capacity in many places is nursing staff for the ICU. It's reasonable to ask, are mandates doing more harm than good? North Carolina's Novent Health Hospital System has over 35,000 employees across 15 hospitals and 800 clinics. According to ABC, they fired 175 staff for failure to vaccinate, so they lost about half a percent of their workforce. The state's largest private hospital system, Northwell, with over 76,000 employees, fired a few hundred employees, again about half percent of the workforce. In Texas, Houston's Methodist Hospital, boasting 26,000 employees, 
lost 153 to the mandate, of which 26 were nurses, again about half a percent. Strangely consistent non-compliance rate for the large employers. They're also saying they increased staff ahead of the mandate and continue to hire as needed, so have not had major issues with staffing levels. On the other hand, some smaller systems got hit much harder by the vaccine reluctance. Erie County Medical Center Corp., based in Buffalo, New York, said about 276 employees, or 7% of their workforce, was on administrative leave for failure to vaccinate. New York's governor said 92% of hospital and nursing home staff and 89% of adult care facility staff have at least one dose of the vaccine at this point. I would have expected higher in the healthcare community, honestly. The governor signed an executive order allowing out-of-state healthcare workers or even National Guard to fill in as necessary for any shortages in the state. Suffice it to say, it's a complex balancing act between reducing hospital capacity versus reducing hospital demand. There's also the matter of hours lost to healthcare staff getting infected and how much the mandate may reduce there. Southwest Airlines also canceled a whopping 1,900 flights over the weekend, with the popular theory on social media being that it was due to low-key strikes over the company's vaccine mandate, though the company, union, and FAA all denied that as the cause, citing schedule disruptions from weather leading to crews getting timed out by regulations. Long story short, the cost-benefit of mandates is not a simple equation, and from what I've seen, there's not a lot of hard data available to the public to provide a large-scale picture right now of how it's shaking out. But enough of that, we've got much more important news to get to. Yang dropped in on Comic-Con, reminding me of why he's so lovable. Knowing his childhood obsession with wrestling, I'm not particularly surprised, though I am amused. In addition to being fun, it's also not a bad move politically. Good way to appeal to the younger crowd and those of us who haven't yet lost all our sense of fun. Sad to say, no costume to report. He was dressed as a politician, which is enough like a supervillain, I suppose. Finally, Tesla has begun expanding their autonomous driving beta, adding at least 1,000 new testers to the program, specifically those who maintained a perfect score for over 100 miles on their safety app, which deducts points for aggressive turning, braking, following, and distraction. Musk previously said that another 1,000 would be added each day, but more recently said that they will wait and see how the first batch goes over, so we're not sure at this point how fast the rollout will be, but it is going now. Better yet, I am one of the lucky ones who got in. I've used it a few times now, and it's, well, not quite fully self-driving yet, let's say. Seems like it's got some catching up to do out here in the boonies before it gets to what I've seen from other testers. Or maybe it's just that you can't really tell everything that's going on from the videos. One thing I have definitely confirmed is that my girlfriend is not a calming influence when testing potentially dangerous technology. She has pretty much sworn off the whole thing after the maiden voyage. It was a bit rough, but it's still super cool and impressive and making constant progress. I'm trying not to spend too much time testing it. That's tough. I don't have a GoPro or anything of the sort, so I'm not sure I'll be posting any video of my own drives with it. Perhaps I can MacGyver something bearable. We'll see. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the resist bot or income movement easy contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way, and don't forget to Yang Daily.